0: This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at NerdyLegion.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to episode 10 of I Am Gotham. I'm Martin Ferretti, and this week we're gonna be discussing Batman number four from uh the winter of 1940. Uh this has four stories. Uh we have the case of the Joker's Crime Circus. Because, yes, as I hinted last episode, the Joker's not dead. Surprise! Blackbeard's crew in the Yacht Society. Public Enemy Number 1 starts a jail sentence. And Touchdown for Justice. But before we do that, uh, I got a, I got a message from Jameson uh, via email. You can email me, uh, nerdlegion at gmail.com or hello at nerdlegion.com. There's a couple of emails. Twitter's always the best place. At Geekvine is where you'll find me. Uh, the show does not have a Twitter. Maybe I'll add one. We'll see. Anyways, Jameson wants to know if I ever plan on talking about current Batman comics. And, um, the answer is probably no, to be honest with you. I know in a couple of the past episodes I had Mike and Daryl on, um, when, uh, when Batman relaunched for Rebirth. And, um, well, well I'm still reading the book, but I'm a little bit behind. Um, probably like three or four issues behind right now. Uh, it's just not at the top of my list. If you want to know why, you can go listen to those episodes. I'm not going to discuss it. But, um, I mean, there's, there's a lot of good stuff coming out of Batman. I like what's going on in the detective. I really love uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws. But that's kind of not really what this podcast is about. If you want to learn about modern Batman comics, I'm sure there's plenty of other places you can go. Um, I know the Gotham by Geek Guys, they talk about current Batman news And if there's something, like, big that comes up, then maybe I'll chime in and uh, say a thing or two. But, uh, no, I don't plan on discussing modern comics. And the way this podcast is going, so right now I'm I'm shooting for twice a week on these. Even at that rate, it's probably going to take me, like, 20 years to get to to anything within the past, you know, 20, 25 years. Um, so if you're looking for uh, a modern discussion, you're probably in the wrong place. But uh, if you have questions, feel free to get in touch with me, and I'll be more than happy to talk about it with you. I do want to add more varied content, though. And I know I mentioned that last episode. I do have uh, plans on doing a either weekly or bi-weekly or monthly, I haven't decided yet, uh, Batman the Animated Series discussion and how that relates to the comics, I think that'll be interesting, so that should be coming up soon, I do want to do maybe some book club stuff, um, but not in a typical book club format, so I might have one or two people come on here and uh, discuss a Batman story, but uh, I'm not going to do like a big event or a trade, and uh, even then, because we're still talking about stuff in the 40s, I... Don't particularly want to um, do like I don't know, Hush or Nightfall or whatever, you know, because those are those are modern comics, and I'd be skipping a huge chunk of history in order to talk about those. But I think it would be interesting because I am currently reading uh, this book with a couple friends, talking about maybe some of the Elseworlds stories, uh, just to break uh, just to break things up a little bit, keep things interesting for me. Because as much as I'm loving reading all these Golden Age stories, I do like to flip back and forth, obviously, for uh, for more modern stuff. And I think the Elseworld stuff would be really interesting because they don't really happen in continuity. So I don't feel like I would have to uh, really go back and reread some other material just to make that story make sense. Because it's not in continuity, so, you know, why not? So those are the things that are coming up. Um, I'm still playing around with the format of the show. Uh, I don't know if I want to keep shorter and more often, or go longer and less often. But I think right now the twice a week thing's working out for me pretty well. The actual recording of the show doesn't take very long. The uh, the, the thing that takes a little bit longer is reading the books, and uh, the the post production. Yes, there is post production on this show, guys. Uh, not a whole lot, but I go through and I try to uh, get rid of pauses and the ums and, uh, whatever else add some music, whatever yeah, that's, that's the plans for the show um, once I make a decision on all that stuff I will be sure to let everyone know but, uh, thanks for everyone that's commenting uh, be sure to leave an iTunes review while you're at it uh, if you can go to nerdlegion.com and, uh, get a link to the iTunes or Stitcher or whatever else or just go to those apps and review the show it really helps us get exposure so now, without further ado Let's talk about Batman number four. First up, we're going to open up with the case of the Joker's crime circus. And as you remember from uh Batman 3 discussion that we had last episode, after a battle with Batman, the Joker's thrown off and uh, falls into the ocean, and uh, is presumed dead by Batman. Of course, now we know he's not actually dead, and they kind of play with it a little bit in this issue, so... As the book opens up, we see a, a murky figure in the shadows, dressed in purple. Um, there's some cops that are looking over, watching the harbor, and they see the guy. Somehow he ends up finding an abandoned mansion and uses that as a stronghold. And yes, then it's revealed that it is the Joker. And he says, the Batman thinks I'm dead. He'll know it differently when we meet again, and we shall meet again. Many, many times, of course, we know that, right? Anyways, let's fast forward a little bit, and we have Batman and Robin going through the city trying to find crime, as they always do. And they come upon these three crooks who are dressed in suits, but they're very acrobatic. Matter of fact, as they jump off a building, they do a little tuck and roll, and uh, that's when Batman realizes, man, these guys are like circus guys. Oh, no, it's not Batman. It's Robin. Of course it's Robin, because Dick used to be in the circus. He's like, these guys... They're like acrobats. And uh, so the two guys, th- uh Batman and Robin, start fighting these three guys. And uh, they take two of them down pretty easily, but there's one big, strong guy who they're having an issue with. Uh, luckily, the other two guys are like, this is Batman and Robin. Let's get the hell out of here. We don't want any more trouble. So Batman and Robin decide that they're going to find out what's going on with these guys. A week later, Batman or Bruce Wayne is sitting down at the manor with Dick. And of course, he reads the newspaper. That's how we get news around here. And uh, the newspaper here is interesting, because this is the first time that the city that Batman lives in is referred to as Gotham City. So, very important. Issue number four, first appearance of Gotham City. Is it first appearance, really? if you've already seen the city many times anyways doesn't matter uh it's been called uh, metropolis the metropolis the city whatever now it's the first time it's referred to as gotham city and even though none of the characters call it that the fact that we're reading the gotham city gazette is important because now we have a place anyways the newspaper says that one of the wealthy socialites of gotham their home was robbed and uh a little bit later batman receives a letter And the letter says, hey, we're having this party at my house. Come hang out. And uh, Bruce is like, yeah, cool. I love parties. Let's go party. You know, he's a socialite, right? Supposedly, one of his identities. So uh, he goes to this party. And uh, this is really interesting because Bruce really goes out of his way for people not to see him as anything but a stupid rich guy. And so at the party, he's just kind of hanging out, lounging on the couch. Like not really saying anything, and people are looking over. They're like, "Oh, like he's got peas for brains," you know, and uh, that kind of helps his identity. So, really interesting that this is happening here, because of course, being so early a Batman story, this is really already setting up quite a bit for uh, what forms the basis of Batman in the future. And there's going to be a, a few more things like that throughout this issue. Um, I, I highly recommend everyone pick this issue up a few different reasons i've talked about a couple we'll talk about some coming up but uh even though some of the stories maybe feel we'll just say a little childish um and maybe like they shouldn't have any impact if you really read on there's some really interesting tidbits uh in each one of these stories uh for for what makes batman the batman anyway so at this party there is a uh there's a circus, because why not? Rich people have circuses at their parties, and uh Bruce kind of s- thinks this is a little bit weird, you know there's three guys doing acrobatics one 's a strong guy that kind of reminds me of the the robbers from the night before there's a clown with purple gloves and purple shoes, and he 's like that 's a little weird, like he kind of reminds me of somebody, but i can 't figure out who. And so, as we get to later that night, the party's over, we cut to the the circus guys, and it turns out that, of course, the clown was the Joker. And then we realize that the other guys were the guys that Batman was fighting. So, Bruce finds it a little little bit weird. He wants to investigate, and he finds the mansion very quickly. He and Robin jump in through the window and attack these guys, and I love the little bit of humor... Uh, you know, as as Batman fans now, I know a lot of people don't like Batman sixty six. It's really interesting how much influence these early stories really probably had on those. There is quite a bit of camp in these Golden Age stories, uh, maybe not as profound as uh, as in Batman sixty six. But but as Batman and Robin jump into the window, um, Batman says, "Fanfare, please," and Robin goes. Da-da-da-da-da! So, I thought that was pretty interesting. Anyways, they start fighting the, uh, the circus guys. Robin, of course, is very acrobatic. He's, like, going through these bars and, like, up ladders and sliding down the ladders and you know, taking all these guys down. Batman's fighting the, uh, the big strong guy. He takes him down. And uh, they start going after the Joker. So, they go up uh, the stairs, and one of the guys pretends to be a ghost. Batman takes him down and uh this this page is actually kind of interesting because the the panel layout looks pretty straightforward but maybe some of these layouts weren't very common in 30s and 40s comics and so there's actually arrows pointing to the direction of the action uh, which i found interesting because if you look at it it's pretty obvious like what's happening and in what Um, Order you should be reading these things. But because the panel layouts back then were a a lot more straightforward, um, I guess maybe they felt like they had to do this. Anyways, it does make it kind of cool, though, because it gives you a little bit extra action by having these arrows. And um, uh, Robin's kidnapped by the Joker. So now Batman has to go and uh, try to find the Joker. The Joker uses a, a movie projector, to uh, project an image of himself uh, I thought that was kind of cool uh, early use of tech in, uh, in these stories to follow the Batman um, anyways Batman ends up busting through a, through a wall he finds the Joker who has Robin kidnapped and he has brought him up through a trap door they have a quick short fight just a few panels Batman uh, knocks the Joker into the trap door and presumably he falls to his death now, will he fall to his death? I think you know the answer. But uh, really cool. I really dug the story. It's uh, it's a ton of fun. Lots of action. The Joker really feels like the Joker. He's not quite the murderous Joker that we come to know, but uh, a lot of the personality traits. The fact that he has like a, a circus gang with him is uh, is really interesting. His uh, his use of gadgetry and tech is cool as well. So. Very cool story. I really, really dug it. The Case of the Joker's Crime Circus. So check that out. Let's move on to the next story. This is Blackbeard and the Yacht Society. So, yes, Blackbeard. This is a pirate story. I know. Super weird, right? Why are there pirates in the 40s? And why are they actually dressed like pirates? Uh, Well, actually, like what we think of as pirates, right? If If you go back and do a little history research on pirates, it wasn't quite what we're used to from uh i don't know what's that movie the pirates of the caribbean or whatever else Like get the, the stereotypical pirate wasn't quite like that you know pirates were m- most often uh actually employed by governments so a lot of them were employed by the uh, british crown to patrol uh the oceans and uh try to keep uh keep the queen's uh property safe not all pirates, of course, but, you know, a lot of them were uh, employed by the government. Anyways, this, this Blackbeard guy, he, uh, he, he's into robbing socialites. And I find that interesting. Um, not because uh, that's not what criminals do, but it, it kind of made me think a lot about what happens in these very, very early Batman stories. So as as time progresses and the character develops, Batman becomes a lot more about keeping Gotham safe, about keeping innocent people safe, about foiling criminals. Um, it's, it's a lot more, um, I don't know what the word is, but it's more of a, a good versus evil thing. Whereas in these early stories, it's not so much that, because a lot of the times when Batman gets involved in a case, the the people that he's saving are not necessarily people that need the saving. Maybe that came out wrong, because obviously anybody in, in need, or anybody in trouble needs a saving, but we rarely see batman and robin get involved with people of lower classes um i don't know if it's because bruce is a socialite but i think what's interesting is this is really post depression uh pre world war 2 and so there's a lot of um uh, a lot of people that have lost everything they had um a lot of people that had nothing and ended up with even less and it's almost like, um, you know, a lot of fiction is really a zeitgeist of the times, right? So, like when zombie movies and TV shows became really big, it kind of makes you think, well, why is that? And a lot of that is because of consumerism, right? It's a, it's analogous to people being just consumers, brainless consumers. Um, you know, when when people are really down and feel like they have no hope... Then maybe we start seeing like sci-fi stories in space, where you know people discover like Eden, or like I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like the you, people, p- the TV writers and directors and and um, artists and all that. They they try to find uh, a way to give people some kind of hope for whatever they have in in, in their reality. And, and these stories kind of have that because. A lot of it is about wealthy people at a time where, yes, there was, there's always wealthy people, but maybe at a time where there were less wealthy people and people were down in such bad places that they they want to have something to look forward to. Uh, like, what would it be like to be a socialite? You know, you already want to be Batman because he's, he's BA, you know, but he's also a rich guy and he's super handsome and this and that. And uh, I think that's interesting. A a lot of these stories, I think, play on socialites for that reason. And uh, this is one of those stories. And, of course, the other cool thing about this particular story is uh, not so much that he fights pirates. That's okay. He he does fight a lot of pirates. But this is the first time that Batman fights a shark. Yes, he fights a shark underwater. He doesn't have uh, his shark repellent with him. That's not here yet. But he does fight the shark uh, after he and Robin get thrown overboard, and uh, he kind of takes the shark down. He, he slashes the, the, the shark's head open through, uh, underneath the jaw, and uh, then climbs up to, uh, to fight the pirates once again. So I thought that was cool. I mean, who doesn't love fighting shark things? Uh, anyways, overall, uh, not much else in this story. Batman ends up defeating the pirates. And it turns out that uh, Blackbeard was an actor who kind of went crazy when uh, when he lost everything. See, there's that thing again, when he lost everything. And we saw that a little bit, too, in the uh, the Clayface story that we had a couple issues ago. So, uh, yeah, Batman uh, gets away in his Batplane. That's, uh, that's the end of this one. So, that was cool. Enjoyed it. Let's go to the next one. Next up we have... Public enemy number one starts a jail sentence, and yes, the story is exactly as you think. Uh, it's about a criminal who starts a jail sentence. Yep, super exciting. Um, his name is McCoy. The story is actually interesting. There's not a whole lot of uh, Batman and Robin or Bruce Wayne and Dick in here. Uh, there is some of that because they do come upon this uh, McCoy guy, and uh, they do have to fight him. But uh, a lot of it, the story is about McCoy and his criminal past, and how he is dealing with another criminal in Gotham City, which remember, we can now say that because it's been said, uh, the uh, Big Costello. Um, so it's really two gangsters fighting each other. That's cool. What I found interesting about this story, though, is the the history of this McCoy guy, you know, like... When he was a kid, his dad died, and so he and his mom were alone. And of course, like, you know, she worked, but it's hard for a single income. You got to remember, this was probably right during the Depression that this was happening when he was a kid, maybe like just slightly before the Depression. So things were already bad, maybe World War One era. That would have been bad as well. Uh, it's not quite specified. But, uh, I mean, you know, what's a kid to do? Of course, he he becomes a criminal, right? Um, There's so many gangsters in Gotham at this time. Like, why not be a criminal? And it actually works out pretty well for him, even though he gets arrested. But then when he gets out and he starts being a criminal again, it actually goes really well for him. He makes a ton of money because, uh, you know, alcohol is banned at this era. So he makes a bunch of money of a bootlegging. And then he gets arrested again. And then he gets out, and he's, like, he, doesn't, he doesn't know anything else, right? He's, he's just a criminal. And I think that's fascinating, because in real life, a lot of times, that's kind of how it goes, too, right? Like, yes, there are white-collar criminals. There are people from, well-off, or you know, middle-class families that, yes, get into crime for whatever reasons. Uh, but, but there is a lot of crime in, in lower classes, and maybe some of that is because there's no opportunity for them to do anything else, now I don't I don't want to get into politics or anything on the show, so we're not gonna go into that any further but uh, I find that interesting, and that's that's discussed in the story so it was cool, like, just one and done. Uh, both McCoy and Costello get killed in in this issue, so um you know that that feud's kind of over. But uh, it's it's a little bit like a crime doesn't pay type story, and we had one last issue as well when uh, when Dick joins that school to help the uh, the kids out that are being tra- they're being trained by gangsters. Um, but yeah, it, it, interesting story. Uh, read it if you want. Read it if you don't read it. Feed out. Um, you're not going to miss anything in terms of bat history about it. But uh, I thought it was interesting. You know, kind of the the more things change, the more they stay the same. You know. And uh, even though this is happening 80 years ago, we still kind of have the same issues today. So, interesting. Let's go to the next story, which is Touchdown for Justice. And uh, regardless of the title, there's not very much football in here. Well, there is some football, but there's not a lot of football. This is a cool story. I, I read the title, and I was like, I kind of don't, I don't want to read this. It's going to be dumb. It's going to be about football. You know, and I'm I'm doing like fantasy football right now. It's like, ah, do I want a football story in my Batman comics? And then I started reading it, and like, there's not really any football. I was like, okay, like, what's going on here? And then it gets really interesting. So what's going on is there's a a, a gang that uh, they're at the sports betting, and uh, they run into Batman and Robin. And, of course, Batman and Robin fold their plot I think they were trying to kidnap somebody Or kill somebody And uh, the the lead guy of the gang He's like This Batman guy's kind of weird He's like, I think I know who this Batman guy is He's like, I think Batman is Bruce Wayne This is the first time we've seen this Of course, this plot gets resurfaced uh, Several times In the next 80 years But this is the first time we see it and what I really like is it shows just how smart Bruce is, both as Bruce and as Batman, in kind of foiling these plots. So the gangsters like we're going to put a couple guys at Bruce Manor, and I'm going to lure Bruce out to see if he's actually the Batman. So he sends Bruce a letter, and oh no, he, he calls him. He calls Bruce and says, "Hey, like I'm in trouble." uh this and that like he's like i know you're uh bruce wayne i know you're batman he's like i need you to come to my place tomorrow o'clock at 10 o'clock i'm in trouble they're gonna kill me blah blah blah. click so bruce is like okay like what what's the deal here dick finds it a little bit weird but uh bruce is like you know what not that big a deal i don't know why they think i'm the batman even though i am but we're gonna go investigate and see what's going on so at 10 o'clock they go and there's a bunch of gangsters there, so they go in. They start fighting the gangsters. The gangsters chase them through the town. They end up going to this barn that's kind of close by to Wayne Manor, conveniently. But the gangsters can't find Batman and Robin in the barn. So the gangsters go over to Bruce uh, to Wayne Manor, which is like literally down the street. They can see it through a window at at the barn. And uh, the two guys that are staking out the Manor are there, and they're like, "Have you seen?" Batman or the Robin? And they're like, no, we've been here all night. Like Nothing gets away from us. We're super slick. Of course, we know that's not true. But um, the case is like, okay, well, let's go see. So they look in, and they're not really seeing anybody. And, of course, the door opens, and here comes Bruce Wayne. And he's like, what are you doing outside my house? Like, get the hell out of here. This is private property. And the guys are like, oh, we're looking for the Batman kind of thing. And they're like, not that big a deal. We'll leave. So they start walking off, and there's Bruce on his couch, on his recliner, uh, reading a book, like he very often does. And he's like, well, he can't be Batman. He's sitting on on his recliner reading a book. And the guy's like, well, we're not quite sure. And just as that happens, the Batman comes out. And they look in through the window, and there's Bruce Wayne sitting reading his book. And they look over, and there's Batman uh, ready to fight them. And so they get a little freaked out. They go away. And then we learned a little bit of the plot. So we've seen this before, where Bruce uses his Bruce dummy and puts Dick underneath it. And the the dummy is so lifelike that as Dick moves inside the dummy, it looks like Bruce Wayne is actually the one uh, that's there and moving. So that's that's who was actually on the recliner. It was Dick with the Bruce dummy sitting on top of him. And uh, that way, he could still be Batman. Um, I guess if, if Dick were a little bit older, maybe he could have just had Dick pose as Batman and we do have that much, 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 much later. Uh, so anyways, I thought that was interesting, really smart. Um, I love how even the most mundane things where people are like, there's no way that this can be true. Somehow Batman makes it true, right? So the fact that he got away from the barn and got into the house so quickly, how would they think that anybody could do that, right? So already it's causing doubts. And there is a way that he did that, by the way. We don't have a bat cave yet. That's coming soon. But we do see that there's trap doors and tunnels underneath the manor. And that's how Bruce or Batman was able to get away from the barn so quickly into the manor to dress up as or get Dick dressed up as Bruce. Is that there's actually a trapdoor door and a tunnel that leads directly through there. So, of course, the guys watching the manor would never see him. That was pretty interesting. I thought that was cool. you know, really, really, really cool, especially for uh for for people that are very familiar with some of the tropes of Batman much later to see those things being established so early on. God, I love this stuff anyway, so it turns out that these guys are putting a bunch of money into this football game okay and The football game is big they're gonna make a bunch of money but the only way for them to do that is for the 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 favored team to lose and the way for them to have this guy the team lose is to kidnap their uh starring i don't know if they say what position it is we'll just assume he's a wide receiver or a running back maybe he might be a running back um stockton's his name well let's remember batman's very smart about making things That look like real things. So what he does is... He dresses up as Stockton. Puts on makeup. So his face looks exactly like Stockton. And he goes and plays the game for Stockton. But he's Bruce Wayne. But he looks like Stockton. And the real Stockton actually is kidnapped. The gangsters have him. So they would have made a bunch of money... Had Bruce not gone in here. And dressed up as Stockton. Of course, the gangster is watching the game. He's like, what the hell? Why is Stockton here? They, uh, he, he, he goes and talks to his gang members, and they're there, and they have the real Stockton. He's like, I don't understand this. The guy's playing the game, but you have him here. And Robin busts in. Robin takes care of all these gangsters and frees Stockton. So after the game, the real Stockton and Bruce Wayne, Batman, Stockton matter of fact i think they referred to him as that they referred to him as batman stockton in uh, in one of these panels anyways they meet and stockton's like very grateful for the fact that he saved them and that they still won the game and uh that's it bruce is kind of like man i really miss playing football good old college days and that's the end of the story and that's going to be the end of this episode as well thank you for tuning in i love doing these um you know, I had a little lull there for a while, and I think that was caused by other things. But the more I stick to a schedule in making these episodes, the more I really, really enjoy doing them. We'll be back in a few days to talk about Batman number five. I think that's the next episode. I guess you'll find out when it comes out. But until then, you can reach me on Twitter at Geekvine. Uh, hello at NerdLegion.com or nerdlegion at gmail.com is the email address. The website is a great place to go to, nerdalegion.com. There's a ton of podcasts. There's Aftershock Podcast, Boom Podcast, Independent Comic Podcast, Marvel Podcast, DC Podcast, Valiant Podcast. Oh my God, so many podcasts. Anyways, check those out. We're going to wrap it up for this week. Stay safe and have a good one.